Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. So I'm here at the Catalyst Atlanta conference, and I am sitting here with Amina Brown, spoken word artist, speaker, and leader. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you had this opportunity to sit down with me. I know that you've been really busy, but I was just actually talking with someone uh, upstairs who who was actually listening to you, and they were really, really so impressed. Um, I can't remember where they saw you. Was it Faith Talk or something like that? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So, so, so (laughs) impressive. So let's just go ahead and dive in. Tell me a little bit about how spoken word came to you. Where did this come from? Wow. I grew up in a house full of books. Mm. I loved reading. My mom was a big reader. So I just, I wanted to be a writer at a very early age, just just the reverence uh-huh. for the page, really. And for libraries. Oh I love the libraries. Still, <laughs> still, like even though I have like, you know, where I can buy ebooks now, I still have like a little like twitch if I pass by a bookstore. Mm. It's like, I just want to go in and just the like, smell, oh my gosh, feel. just want it racks on racks books all the time. <laughs> exactly. So I think because I grew up loving books like that, mm-hmm. that's what made me want to write. And I kind of got interested in poetry when I was around like 12 or 13, uh, writing, you know, in my little notebook. And I grew up in a single parent house, my mom and mm-hmm. my sister. And later my grandma came to live with us. And my mom had a rule that there was no privacy oh. in her mm-hmm. house, period. Okay. So if she finds it, she's reading it. She I have just, a teenager. I like that. Oh rule. yeah. She, <laughs> she told us that up front. Like uh, whatever. Of course, this is before texting. This right. Is when you're still like, Literally writing notes, you know, right. to your friends. And so my mom found my notebook. Okay. And she said, I love this. I think this is so great. You should do more of it. And I was like, oh, mom, mom, mom. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> you're the only one who likes my poems, whoever, whoever. So she submitted my poem to a competition. Mm-hmm. If it won, then I had to go there and mm. perform my oh, work. Wow. wow. And she didn't tell me until it was like four days before. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, wow. That I'd won. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Did, did that help with your anxiety or no? Would you have just been dying? It's, it's almost it like I she didn't give me a chance to really think about it uh-huh. that long. Yeah. So I just kind of <laughs> jumped it. into it. And I read that piece in front of that crowd that day and I fell in love with it. So uh, I would love your mom. So <laughs> I tell people that I love making a difference, helping other people make their difference. Mm. And we're going to be talking about several things that you're doing. But um, did you ever think that you'd be making your difference with the spoken word? Not like this, mm-hmm. no. I mean, I I loved writing poems, so I figured I'll, I'll always write poems. Even mm-hmm. if I end up working in another field someday, I will still be writing poems. I'm always going to oh, do yeah. that, but I never thought I would do this for a living. No, this well, the way this it. turned out is very different than what I thought. You're doing it, and you're doing really well. So something I've noticed in much of what you do, there is a common thread, and that is vulnerability. Mm. Uh, I want to talk to you about that. Why is vulnerability so important to you? I think a part of being vulnerable for for me as an artist, it's how the audience connects with you. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing that we all share in our humanity, that we all have an aspect that we're vulnerable. So when you see someone else being vulnerable, even if it's a different way, a different thing, not your thing, Mm -hmm. your heart still leans in because you know an element of what that Mm, feels like. Yeah, that's true. Well, you do a ton of faith-based stuff. Um, Do you find that the church, and just be honest here, do you find that the church encourages vulnerability, or do you think we need to do a better job at that? 
I think we encourage sometimes what would be considered a safe. <laughs> a safe vulnerability? <laughs> a safe vulnerability. <laughs> okay. You know, on the scale of one to ten, we're sort of like, well, if you're in the three to four, okay, you know. <laughs> right. But if you get to the ten, mm-hmm. sometimes that's hard because that starts undoing the way we mm-hmm. present ourselves to yeah. people, how we want people to think we are, how mm-hmm. holy we are, those yes. things. But I find it's it's better for your faith to be in a space with other people who want you to be that vulnerable. Because how can we heal and how can we truly walk with God Absolutely. if we can't open up those parts of our lives? I think that's awesome. And we can't, uh, I mean, we, when we approach God, that is the ultimate vulnerability. Yeah. He knows everything. Yeah. You know, so one of your quotes, um, we all have something about the way God has made us that we've been taught or trained consciously and subconsciously not to love. And as we learn to love ourselves and how God uniquely made us, we can better love other people and see them in reflections of the amazing image of God. Do you mind being vulnerable for a moment and sharing something that you had to learn to love about yourself? Uh, well, one of the things I was writing about in that chapter of How to Fix a Broken Record was my hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up as a kid in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, where I wasn't seeing that many images in the media of people who look like me in general mm-hmm. and definitely not of this hair, sure. like my natural hair, you mm-hmm. know. And so I felt for a long time, as many black women felt and black girls felt that, well, in order to be accepted in society, I better straighten this hair. Mm, I better do a certain thing. Yes, mm-hmm. to like be accepted. Right. And when I went natural, it was nine years ago this year, um, it was really a journey for me of learning to love this hair as it grows, letting it be curly, letting it be round, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, you know, and for other people, it may not be hair. You know, I think all of us have a something like that. But for me, it was totally my hair. And I think learning to love my hair teaches Mm -hmm. me to love myself, too. I love that. Speaking of loving ourselves so we can better love others, you've been really busy loving other people over in Rwanda. I've been trolling your Instagram. (laughs) Um, And I speak and write about leadership a lot. And Mm -hmm. you've really shown leadership in a lot of ways. But this helping women globally, um, many people may not realize your involvement there um, and that you've had some really neat experiences supporting women in Rwanda. So can you talk about that? Oh, I would love to talk about that. Yay. So I, I co-led a team called Woman to Woman Rwanda. Mm-hmm. It was a team of 11 black women from America okay. who went to Rwanda in partnership with Africa New Life. And Africa mm-hmm. New Life is an amazing Rwandan organization. But a part of what they do is they do a lot of work with women in Rwanda, mm-hmm. women in leadership, women in the villages, getting vocational training. Like development and entrepreneurial? Complete, oh, com- I mean, it's it just goes so many different ways. And so to go there, uh, particularly for us as black women from America, mm-hmm. and to meet our uh, Rwandan brothers and sisters there and connect with them and sing with them and learn from mm-hmm. them. I wanted to take a trip that was not a missions trip mm-hmm. in the worst way, right? Right, I know what you mean. Yeah, I wanted it to be this learning exchange to say, we come here hoping to share, mm-hmm. but we are also here to learn mm-hmm. from your brilliance. Oh, that's so yeah. awesome. I took my own self-funded trip by myself to Tanzania mm. because I wanted to learn about how they were handling accessibility for people who were disabled mm. in Tanzania. And I learned there that only 1% of people with a disability were receiving a formal education because of accessibility issues. And wow. That was so fascinating. So I have great respect yeah. for anybody who goes over and, yeah. and, and wants to learn more because mm-hmm. I, I thought I was going to go over and maybe import, impart some sort of knowledge or whatever. I learned so much yeah. Yeah. from that experience. So very, very cool. Um, obviously, as someone involved in spoken word, you love telling stories. 
and you've become really good at that, and you've been recognized for that. Um, I was talking with a friend last night about the power of story and how we build better relationships when we listen to people's stories. Why do you think there's so much power in a story? I think there's power in story because it's something that we share. Mm. It's like either the story makes me go, oh, my story's totally like that. Mm -hmm. Or it makes me go, I know somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Or it makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. Or it makes me cry. I think those stories are so human. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to really see each other's humanity. Mm -hmm. I think story helps us do that. Oh, I do too. Uh, Speaking of stories, you have a brand new project uh, out. You have How to Fix a Broken Record. Thoughts on vinyl records, awkward relationships, (laughs) and learning to be myself. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, I I love vinyl. I love music. So I started thinking about that and just thinking, you know, when you're listening to a record and it starts to skip and mm-hmm. how annoying that sound is, mm-hmm. that we all have negative messages in our minds like that too that keep us from love and from God and from our calling in life. Mm-hmm. And how do we fix those? And, you know, I spoiler alert. Analogy. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert. I mean, spoiler alert. We can't. <laughs> but... <laughs> Right. We can't is what you'll find out. But I I just took some different topics in that book, you know, mm-hmm. dating and home and loving yourself and tried to think about what are my broken records in those areas and hoping other people will see their broken records too. Oh yeah, we can all relate with the awkward moments. Oh and please, so many that. awkward moments. <laughs> all right. So um I like I said, I, I love anything with do with leadership and I'm seeing you show leadership in lots of different ways, but I have a question for you. Okay. Which is more important confidence or humility no wrong answers spoiler alert (laughs) that's a hard one i it's it's almost chicken and egg Mm -hmm. to me because Mm -hmm. i feel like i I feel like true confidence comes from a sense of humility Mm -hmm. realizing who you are and then embracing it maybe yes yes and then i'm looking at it the other way like well you know in order to truly be humble it is to be in your skin. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's to fully be in your skin. I feel like that's a part of being confident. It's going, this is who I am, mm-hmm. broken, flawed, good, bad, here in my skin. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be present where I am. I think mm-hmm. that is a big part of humility, too. Do you have a favorite piece of work that you've done that you just, it's like you keep going back to that one thing. You're like, this is sort of like even almost a life work or something that was really special to you that we can direct people to to check out. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite poems to do right now is dear TV sitcoms. <laughs> I saw it. I watched it. I did. I saw it. That was really good. Which, which is on video uh, mm-hmm. on Facebook and YouTube. And it was also, it was the closing poem from my last spoken word album, Mina Brown live, which okay. I got a chance to do in front of an audience in Atlanta. But I love that poem because it's, it's, if you grew up in the eighties and part of the nineties, you'll probably recognize some of the shows <laughs> yeah, there, absolutely. you know, but it's such an interesting story because it's talking about the things that TV teaches us. Mm-hmm. Some of those things are really great. Some of them mm-hmm. are totally not true. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you know? watch you watch them and you're like, oh, I must not be like everyone else. Right. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong in my life that I can't fall in love as fast as they did on Friends? <laughs> in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't what's understand. wrong with me, you know? So in order to be able to laugh at our stories um, and to see the beauty in art and television, mm-hmm. how those stories television tells, even where they may not be all the way true, are still teaching us some good things sometimes. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, we're going to wrap up here, but w- what is your best piece of advice for emerging leaders today? Mm. Wow. I think my biggest piece of advice would be to lead in community. 
that being a leader is not a, it's not a solo job. It's not a, you know, I'm going to do this whole thing by myself. Mm-hmm. That truly to be a good leader, you have to be leading in community. That's your accountability. That's your groundedness. That's the place that reminds you you are serving. Mm-hmm. So that would be my biggest advice. I think that's a great point. As I'm thinking about it, you know, leadership sh- should not be lonely. If you're if you're lonely, then something's not right. Yeah, you got <laughs> you know? some opportunities yeah. there to, to build some build some community. Bring people around you that you can lead with. So true. So true. Hey, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Chester. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everybody, that is author, speaker, spoken word, artist, leader, Amina Brown. Lots of wisdom there today. I hope that you will check her out on your favorite social media, pick up our new project, How to Fix a Broken Record, and maybe get rid of some of those broken records in your own life. I hope that you'll check me out too on Twitter at Chester W. Goad. And until next time, just keep living, keep learning, keep leading, and we will see you back here next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Leader Byte Podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at ChesterGo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.